Hey, everybody. Welcome to Finance in a Flash. In our previous episode, we discussed evaluating your risk tolerance amid a market downturn. And on this episode, we're going to look at the effects of trying to time the market and the negative impacts of doing so. As always, thanks for listening to Finance in a Flash. Let's go. All right, let's get started. Chip, you and I fielded a lot of calls, held webinars, meetings on this topic. Um, You know, a lot of clients would ask or kind of pose this question, should I sell now before the market goes lower? You know, we're recording this as of May 27th. And in the past couple months, the market was at, you know, a 34% loss, S&P 500 was. And we had a lot of questions saying, should I sell now before it gets even lower? And then, you know, once everything looks better, once I feel better about everything, we can buy back. In other words, should we try and time the market? And I know your response to this because we've given it at least 200 times over the past couple months. Um, And I feel like I can almost read your mind by now. But what would your... I guess, what was our response to this question that clients and a lot of people were asking during this time? Well, I mean, I think it's a hard, it's a hard one to, to comprehend in a way because it seems so obvious that, you know, the market's going to continue to decline. At the time you're experiencing the, that and the data's coming out and the news and, you know, what we had here recently, I mean, it was a significant decline in a very short period of time. And it's easy to feel like it's only going to get worse. I mean, the, the economic data and the fallout from the pandemic, we haven't even we hadn't even seen that. And it's just a tremendous amount of uncertainty. But, you know, the bottom line is that, you know, it's it's impossible to know exactly the direction the market is going to head in. And, and this is a, a perfect example of what happened, because at the time that things felt the worst, the absolute worst. Uh, March 23rd was a terrible day. I mean, I remember thinking, man, this is, this is rough. Yeah. And, um, but that was the very moment in time where that was, at least in the temporarily, uh, that was kind of the bottom. And so since then, the markets have, have improved a bit. And so it's just a reminder that we, no one knows which direction the market's headed. I can I know that we talked about this, you and I, that, you know, you can look at equally smart pundits. You could see one guy saying, OK, this is just the beginning. The Dow could hit 10,000 again or worse. And then you have an equally smart guy that's saying, OK, this is an overreaction. Uh, yes, the economy is going to take a hit, but um, it's, it's been a, a tremendous decline in a short period of time. And that's just not it's an overreaction. And so, you know, it's impossible to time the market. And, and that's kind of what we told people over and over again. And um, uh, that that has uh, rang true with a lot of people. And I think that, you know. Uh, we, we did a we did a good job of, of kind of explaining the bad scenarios that could happen if if you do attempt to time the market. Yeah. And, and to that point, you, you essentially have to be right twice, right? Like you have to time it at the bottom, which was March 23rd. And then we don't know when, you know, you have to time it again going back into it. So you have to be right selling and you have to be right buying back in, which, like you said, is virtually impossible. It really is. And, you know, I've been through a bunch of these things. I remember the Asian flu back in the late 90s. I remember the tech uh, bubble that happened in the uh, early 2000s. 
and the Great Recession and then now again with the pandemic. But, you know, it is it is awful hard to because what you're what you really have to do is sell at a point in time where the outlook is really good and favorable and um, and buy at a time where it's terrible and it's worse than you can even imagine. And so and that just takes an awful hard that's awful hard for anyone to to pull off because of the human element of it. And it's just it's just impossible. Yeah, and I think that brings up a good point of why it is important to have a financial advisor and have someone to manage your investments for you. I know that, you know, you're watching if you know, say you manage your portfolio by yourself and we all experience those emotions on, you know, March 23rd when the market was falling and falling and falling and everything, everyone, every article, every news station was saying, sell, it's going, you know, it's going to go down 50%. The Dow is going to go below what, 15,000. Um, and, but then to have, you know, kind of a, a bouncing border, um, a partner that says, you know, look, kind of talk you off the ledge. We're not going to go to zero. It's not going to go to zero. We've seen this before. It's going to go up. We don't know when it's going to go up. We don't know how it's going to go up, but we have, you know, a belief in that the market is efficient and it will continue to go up. And I think it is super important to kind of have that sounding board of, you know, someone with, I guess, a level head to kind of keep you from making those bad decisions of selling. It really is, and I think that's one of the uh, the hidden benefits of working with an advisor. But it's it's a couple of things. One is to remind clients that their portfolio is not the market. You know, the market is you know ninety nine percent of our clients do not have a portfolio that is invested like the S and P to the Dow. Uh, their portfolio is something totally different, and and really it's customized to their own specific circumstances. We do an awful lot of work on the front end, just in looking through, you know, what is the what are the cash flow needs for clients? What is their risk profile? You know, in other words, how much risk do they are they required to take in order to achieve their investment objectives? How much risk uh, do they have the ability to withstand uh, given their uh, risk capacity? And so we spend a lot of time evaluating those things, talking those things through with clients, and they're so super important in going through that process during times like what we've seen because, you know, I can say, hey, look, we have a war chest, war chest of cash that's kind of sitting there uh, on deck for, for uh, your living expenses. So we're not going to have to sell uh, for an awful long time. And so, you know, I think that's just a good reminder uh, to have and to reflect back on the plan and how your portfolio is absolutely based on your own specific personal circumstances. It's not a guessing game. We're not going in and saying, okay, we're, let's shoot for the highest amount of returns we can get. That's quite the opposite because a lot of our clients are headed into retirement. And so we're focusing much more on controlling and managing the risk. And that's, uh, I think, something especially important to point out to people. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with that. And kind of building off of, you know, your port, your portfolio is not the market. Um, you know, we've kind of seen this with different clients in the past. You, you know, maybe have a, a story or an example of obviously, you know, redacted names, but of, of where this has kind of happened before, you know, kind of a real life example to give put people in that in yeah. that shoe. 
Yeah, I've got a great example, and it was it happened to me early on in my career, and I'm so thankful for this experience. And really, it's it's a lot of these uh, learning moments that you get. But uh, during the middle, and I was a greenhorn. I mean, I'd only been in this industry for a couple of years, and you know, had never experienced a big market downturn. But in 1997, when we had the Asian flu, uh, certain portions of the market really took a hit. And I had a client that called into our office and, and she was just worried sick. And uh, it was, it was yeah, I was thinking while she was explaining the situation, oh my gosh, you know, the market's down. What's, what am I going to find when I, you know, I, I pulled open her portfolio and looked and I found that she had about, she'd invested in about eight or nine CDs. Mm-hmm. So the CDs you know, as, as you know, are totally have no, the market has no bearing on CDs. I mean, you're FDIC insured and it's a fixed income security. And so, you know, it was an eye opener to me to realize that, you know, oftentimes people don't really understand what their portfolio and how it's even invested and what it's invested in. And so I think that's an important element from and it really has made an impact on how we approach advising clients going forward just because we want to educate. We want people to understand you know, this is how your portfolio is allocated and here's why. Here are the investments that you own. These are the reasons why. And um, and that was a big uh, moment for me to to realize that, that people may not understand exactly what their portfolio is. Yeah, that, that is a, a great example. And I think that also feeds into media bias, right? I mean, I think that you've seen that the fear mongering essentially of, and granted things were bad, things were not good when the market, you know, was down and it's still down. But, you know, as of, as of right now, May 27th, the market's only down 8% year to date. And so I've, I've yet to seen Yahoo Finance, CNBC, Kramer, anyone just kind of say, you know, look at this rally, look at this. All, all the articles I still see are, this is false hope, you know, everything's, you know, be cautious of investing this, this, and this. And I, I feel like so many people, very, very few people, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I know very few of our clients' portfolios are even close to what people refer to as the market. And so when everyone sees, oh, the market's down this, market's down that, nine times out of 10, maybe 9.9 times out of 10, your portfolio is not down close to what the market's down. And, and it is one of those elements, Nick, that's it's frustrating for advisors to manage. You know, so many people have, um, are trying to get and promote information. And, you know, I, I know that you and I receive, we receive emails that say, yeah, yeah, you know, look at, you know, this is this is the Great Depression and it's, you know, it's going to happen again and the unemployment is going to be so high and all these things. And it's just realizing that, you know, we have to be a sounding board. We have to be in front of uh, of a lot of the media to say that, OK, these people don't know your situation. We do. We yeah. have taken the time uh, and you've hired us to um, understand that your situation. And that's how we have. Uh, positioned your portfolio. And, you know, uh, we're not in the game fear-mongering or false hope or anything that like that. We want to be realistic with people that you're going to experience market declines from time to time. It's just a natural part of the investment cycle. But, you know, we can expect that and plan around it and take advantage of it even when we can. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. I think managing those you know, expectations on the front end is, is super important. And I was just pulling up, uh, 
you know, I, I like to take pictures of Yahoo Finance or different um, news outlets whenever they post articles that I think are a little suspect. And uh, I was just pulling up one and it says um, it's from Market Watch. It was on Yahoo Finance. And the title was Wall Street star money manager says S&P 500 could plunge to 1500 in worst case. And that was April 8th. And I just hit 3000 again yesterday. So that doubled what he said. And, and I don't see any of those people held accountable for, you know, the fear or, you know, saying releasing apologies is kind of, but, you know, fear sells. And I think that's super important for clients or anyone listening to kind of, you know, take into account that we're not saying that the market's never going to go down. We're not saying that a recession's never going to happen. We're just saying if you, let's have these reasonable expectations on the front end, and then just kind of, let's try to tune out what the media is saying, because a lot of the times these are just talking heads. They're not in the industry. They don't know your goals and objectives. They don't know what your portfolio is. If we can tune that out, it makes everything so much more manageable and easier. And I think, you know, we read an article, I think this was right after I started at the end of 2018, you know, maybe I've been on for around six months and I received, we received a, you know, an article that said, uh, analysts who predicted the 0809 crash predicts a second crash coming in 2019. Well, the market proceeded to go up 31% in 2019. So I just think it's important to kind of just tune that out, listen to your advisor and focus on the goals and your portfolio objectives. Yeah. And I think that that is super important and, um, and be realistic. I mean, you know, I, I, I think that if you can do that and tune it out, then your peace of mind, your happiness level, and all of those intangible things are, are so much higher. And um, you know, the anxiety level is is tends to be lower too. So, it's a it's a interesting phenomena, but it's it's impossible to time the market, and no one knows the direction. And um, you know, the only thing we do know is that companies are driven for profitability. Yeah. And for any of those companies, you know, uh, that aren't profitable or aren't successful in managing their balance sheet and their revenue streams and that sort of thing, they kind of go out of business. And for uh, those people who are uh, invest with a diversified approach, you know, that's okay because one company going out of business is not going to derail your retirement. Uh, in fact, it could be prof- it could be helpful because you know if a, if one company goes out of business, then another company buys the goodwill of that company and kind of starts over. You know, if one drug company goes out of business, well, you know, another drug company could buy the research and uh, the the drugs that they have on uh, patent and that sort of thing, and and make a go of a new business line that's better. And so, you know, I think it's important to keep that big picture. Uh, thing in mind and, you know, just kind of fill at ease with the amount of risk that you take in your portfolio, but, um, and understand that there, no one has the answer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a great point. And before we kind of close out here, I did wanted to give a, a few, um, a few stats at looking back and, you know, I don't think either one of us would say that history always replicates the future perfectly, but I think it is important to kind of learn from it. And, you know, from 2007, 2009, the great recession, the market was down around S and P. And that's when I say the market, I'm referring to the S and P 500, um, which was around, which was down around 51% and it took 37 months to recover, which 
in one way that seems like a long time, but another sense it's like it lost half its value and it took, you know, right at three years to, to recover. Um, and I think that like, essentially what everyone thought was the worst possible scenario three years later it was kind of like okay well we're heading in the right direction again um and then if you look so if you go back the last 30 years and which was roughly around eleven thousand days and you just missed the best 25 trading days you're missing out on around five percent annualized return so you have five percent annualized over 30 years less if you miss out on 25 days which i think is an incredible incredible fact. Yeah, that is incredible because they're all, the good days are interspersed with the bad days. And, you know, and we saw this this time. I mean, you and I were, were, you know, we're trying to rebalance portfolios and and that sort of thing. Well, the markets would swing by 10%. I mean, it would be down 5% in the beginning of the day and end the day up 5%. And that's just an amazing period of volatility. And, you know, it's no wonder that people are scared and worried. And, uh, I mean, that's a natural human emotion. But at the end of the day, you kind of have to accept that as, you know, being a part of uh, a successful investor. That's what you need to be able to tolerate that. And um, the way you do that is by creating an allocation that's more, uh, that's not the market and, and that's more suitable to you. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. And as we close out here, I guess, do you have any, uh, I guess, closing closing thoughts or I guess reassurances that, you know, we're not convinced that it's going to go up from here on out. It may drop again. That's fine. But I guess, are, are there any reassurances we can, you know, kind of, you know, tell the audience just kind of going forward to manage their expectations? Yeah, I do think that it's time that you you should, if you don't have a plan, then you should focus on the plan. Focus on the elements of uh, that we have control over. Focus on your allocation of your portfolio, the stock bond mix. Focus on the internal cost of the investments that you use. Focus on um, any planning uh, opportunities that may exist, things like Roth conversions and mortgage refinance and tax loss harvesting and some of those other planning things that you can control and, and manage. And that's that's kind of the advice I have. Don't worry too much about the market and what's going on there. Just kind of focus on those elements that we have control over. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And so that kind of wraps up this episode of, um, you know, trying to time the market in answering those questions that a lot of people had or clients have um, during a downturn in the market. And I think that was really important to cover. So, all right, everyone, thanks for listening. And we will be back next episode to talk about rebalancing your portfolio amid market downturns.